Inside Books with Breda Brown. Welcome to Inside Books, a programme about the magical world of writing. I'm Breda Brown and in each episode of Inside Books, we chat to people associated with the world of books, including well-known authors, publishers, editors, agents, critics, booksellers and more. You'll find Inside Books on SoundCloud or iTunes and our Twitter handle is at InsideBooksIRE, where you'll also find lots of other interesting books news. My guest today is Nicole Flattery, a short story writer who has just published her first collection. It's called Show Them a Good Time and is published by The Stinging Fly. She's been writing short stories for many years and has been widely published in the likes of The Stinging Fly, The Dublin Review, The Irish Times and Winter Papers. Last year, she won the White Review Short Story Prize. She's also working on her first novel, which follows two teenage girls in New York who transcribe tapes at Andy Warhol's factory. Nicole, you've been writing a long time, but Show Them a Good Time is your first actual book. Yeah, this is my first book. Yeah, my first collection of stories. So I have my first story published, um, it's in the book, Hump, um, four years ago. And I've been writing this book on and off over four years. So, so how did you come to the decision then that you wanted to get a collection of short stories? Um, well, I've always really enjoyed writing short stories. I've never, like, I've never been someone that's attempted a novel at any point in my life. Like, I've written, I've written plays and, like, bits of scripts and things, but I've never written, written like, a longer form thing. And so I started writing one story, then I wrote an essay, and then I went back to stories. And by the time I, I published maybe three or four stories... And then Declan Mead of The Singing Fly got in touch with me. He was like, I think we should work towards a collection. So the collection would be like nine or ten stories. I've got eight, but a very long one. And then that was how it was decided. So So you didn't sit down and decide, I'm going to develop a collection of short stories. They were literally individual pieces and the book came then. Yeah, it's interesting actually. They were all, I wrote them all individually for different magazines and things. But then now when I kind of read over it and I only read it recently and kind of putting off reading it. (laughs) But it's amazing how they're kind of all linked. Like I didn't think they it would are t- a little bit. Yeah, it turned out to be so cohesive. But like I guess I was always thinking about the same things, and they're all from the perspective of women. So I was quite surprised by that. But really, I like I like like story collections that are linked, and you can kind of see the similar themes. So I was happy with that. When Declan from the Stinging Fly suggested that to you, then yeah. did you feel pressure then in the other stories that you had to write to add to the ones you already had? No, I never felt pressured, and he's a really brilliant editor in that sense. He never rushed me or put me under any kind of pressure I felt that it all came like, quite naturally um, I was delighted as well you know that's the, that's the kind of email every writer wants to get you know exactly so, a book a book is yeah, on the way yeah. and as he said you're you're mostly writing from the perspective of women so yeah. was that a deliberate choice actually it wasn't it wasn't at all um, initially and I had a, a, a one story that's not in the collection it was on BBC Radio 4 called Bottleman and that was from the perspective of a man it was a little shorter um, it was only like it was under three thousand words, so I felt then that like it didn't really make sense for it to be in the book. But that yeah, that was like my attempt to do it. But the others, I knew kind of that I wanted them. They just kind of worked out that they were going to be from the perspective of women. And I just found you were really able to get inside the head, the actual head of the characters yeah. and they just felt so descriptive. So, yeah. you know, silly question, but how did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big rewriter, I have to say. I rewrite a lot and that's like the only kind of writing advice I can give. Like I would do uh, quite a few drafts um, and I'd be very aware of like like opening sentences and like th- that kind of short story thing. Like, you know, like I think Kevin Barry said that you like you have to get them in the first paragraph in a short story. And I think that's really, really true. There has to be something engaging in there 
so yeah I just I, I guess I rewrite a lot like one of these stories I, um, abortion love story I rewrote like I don't know, even want to say how many times. <laughs> like, I can't. The so. end result is totally different from how it <laughs> yeah, started oh, out. Yeah, completely, yeah. And how long then, I suppose just to, to talk about the short story format, mm. you know, there's an assumption that it doesn't take as long to write a short yeah. story as it does a novel. But as you said yourself there, you just rewrite a lot. Yeah, I think I'm I'm going to say something controversial. I think it, it can take longer than the novels. Really? Yeah, like a good short story... Sometimes can, because you're you're so time limited, like I feel that it can you have to get so much in, like a, so in a story you're taking more out. Like sometimes with a novel you have like you're like I'll put everything in and it adds up to sixty thousand words, whatever. But if you've got a story and it's only six thousand words, you're constantly like taking things out and you know thinking about it and then, like time in a different way. You're definitely thinking about time and like how to compress events and things. So yeah, I, they're both so different, and I have no experience writing a novel, but. I, th- I think they're both equally, equally difficult. <laughs> so how do you know then when the short story is done? I mean, you could yeah. tinker at it for ages. Yeah, that's the other thing that's really, really, really hard <laughs> to know. <laughs> I, I think when you get to a point where you're like, I can't take this any further. Like if you got the character in a certain place and you're like, I just can't move this past any, like move it any more than where it is right now. And I, I guess that's it, you know. And what is your approach then? Do you come up with the idea first and then just start jotting down ideas? What way yeah. do you approach it? Yeah, yeah. Um, for the first story I wrote, The Hump, which was in The Stingy Fly, um, I just had this idea about this young woman who thinks she's become like developing a hunchback and then I kind of wrote some ideas around it and then like, you know, that's the really fun process. I think that's the really fun part when you're like, you're thinking about it but you haven't fully committed to writing it and you're making notes and kind of everything that someone people are saying to you, you're like, oh, that could go in and you're like writing little lines. That's a really enjoyable part. Then you kind of take all of that and you're like, oh, I have to sit down and actually write it now. <laughs> uh, and when you do start then, do you know where it's going to end? I don't. I often, I'm not, I'm not a big, this also could be a problem for the novel. I'm not a big plotter. I'm not like, this is going to happen here. Like I definitely, with one of these stories, track that's in there, I had little kind of, I remember I had like, post-its up on my wall and stuff because there were certain things I did want to include and at certain places I wanted it to move. But that was the, one of the few, although abortion as well, that was quite complicated. Um, but I wouldn't be, like, if certainly first, second draft, I wouldn't have anything really planned in my in my mind for where things to go. And, the, you know, the short story genre as well, it's been dismissed quite a lot know, yeah. over the years. Why, do you think? I honestly don't know why that is because I feel... They can be so powerful, you know, when you're reading them first. Like, I still remember the first time I read, like, Laurie Moore or Mary Gateskill or certainly more power. Like, I think there's many, I don't want to, but there's many forgettable novels. Mm -hmm. And there's many memorable short stories. I I find it very exciting. And sometimes I read a novel and I'm like, that could have been a brilliant short story, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Absolutely. If they hadn't put so much into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like a little bit of, I like the little bit of mystery that the story allows that, that you don't necessarily get told everything you know and you don't have to have a conclusion really yeah, either yeah and it's interesting as well because short story sales they've really seen a boom in the past probably 12 months which is interesting yeah. um, and personal essays they're mm. absolutely in mm. vogue at the moment yeah. so we've seen Emily Pine with her Notes to Self which was actually named the yeah. on post Irish book of the book of the year yeah, recently and there's a lot of anticipation around Sinead Gleeson's uh, book of personal mm. essays which is due out soon so do you think the time is now for short stories and, and essays it's interesting that the essay has had 
had such a boom. Like I feel like it's only really here in Ireland over the last year. I love reading essays. And actually when I'm writing fiction, I read more. I read a lot of essays. I read more essays than nonfiction because I don't really like to be reading fiction. But um, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, I'll see, see where the essay essay develops to. I yeah. hope people keep reading short stories. I think Ar- like Ireland is a great place for short stories. I think we've always been, and probably because of The Stinging Fly and like all the magazines we have, we've been incredibly supportive and interested in short stories. Like I did my MA in a few years ago now, like six years ago. And I remember I, I was encouraged to write short stories and I never felt like an odd thing to do like because we had places to put them. Like, you know, like I remember teachers of mine being like, you could try The Stinging Fly or you could try The Dumber Review. That's a really nice thing. And that there's and to see supportive. it in print. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned there you did your MA in creative writing in, yeah. in Trinity. So mm. going back then before that, let's go right back. Yeah. When did you start writing or when did you decide it was something you wanted to do? Um, it's interesting. I, I always wrote when I was in school. Like I loved English and stuff and I, I read a lot. My dad's an English teacher. That helped. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. So we're all like, we all, like me and my sister and him, we all read loads and kind of competitive about it. <laughs> my mum doesn't read it all. I think you've won now. You've got the book on the <laughs> yeah, shelves. I must tell them that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I always wrote and um, I, I kind of wrote, like I did a lot of, um, I did drama in college. I did study theatre. So I kind of started writing plays and like that kind of dialogue, very interesting dialogue. Um, and then I decided when like my after I did I wrote a play in fourth year of college and it was put on and then I decided it took a year out and I said I just like playwriting was very difficult for me like not difficult but it's definitely a diff- different form you know it's hard to make something happen whereas in stories you know the language is like the important thing so I knew I wanted to try and write stories and that kind of how so on the page as opposed to on the stage yeah exactly worked, yeah, yeah, yeah. worked for you yeah. and how did you find the masters in creative writing did that help you put some structure maybe on mm. your style or on your work it was just like it's it's kind of a difficult these things are becoming up like more and more often like the idea of the MFA and stuff and I just I was saying to, I have friends that are in New York and it's like you know the MFA is this huge thing and it's hard to like you know justify it sometimes the, the year out and well, I, I I was very young when I did it. I was only 23. I, I read a lot. It was like the only kind of, I'm not sure if I'm happy with any work that I, I kind of read over it recently. I was like, oh, this can be salvaged. It cannot be. <laughs> but like, <laughs> at least you're being honest with yourself. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but I read a lot and I met a lot of like good, good readers on that course who I, I stayed in touch with and you know, they'd still read my work and that's a really brilliant thing, you know. And is that where you started getting published first then? Um, nope, 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 nope. I, I, I finished that and I never really sent any of my work out. And then I went, like I was working, and then I worked in Lollipop Press, as everyone in Irish publishing <laughs> has done. And uh, Tom Morris lived upstairs and he was the editor of The Stingy Fly and he was like, send me something. And I did. I sent him Hump and he was like, we're going to publish it. Great. And I was like, I think that first publication when you're a young writer is just like, it feels so It gives you good. validation. It gives you such validation and confidence. And yeah, it's so, so, and like also a community. Like suddenly then, like, you know, I met other Stingy Fly writers and we could talk about work and like, 
you know, you're suddenly in an environment where you feel comfortable talking about your work, which isn't something that I got always I would have had, you know. And in terms of, you know, you mentioned the, the Stinging Fly are publishing your book yeah. in in Ireland, but it was actually acquired by Bloomsbury. Yes. So, that's so it's, yeah. So it's here at the end of February and um, Bloomsbury at, in London at the end of March. So it'll be. And what was the process like then in, in engaging with them? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? Um, no, my agent sent out as a submission and then Bloomsbury bid and that was how it was decided. And Bloomsbury bid apparently a significant <laughs> sum we're told. They were very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that must have been again even more validation for you you like, know. That was a very strange week <laughs> of my life. Um, but, yeah, yeah uh, I can pay my bills again. Yeah, I was like what? And my bank actually rang me. Really? <laughs> Did you rob a bank? What happened? I was okay. I was like usually you get calls the other way you yeah. know like money going out. They were like are you all right? Money coming in. Um, but uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. And they're, they're really good there. Um, my editor is brilliant and I'm excited to work with them in the future. So, And as part of that also, they acquired your debut novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is obviously your debut book, which is yeah. full of short stories, but you're going to write a novel. I'm going to write one. Yeah, yeah. I am. <laughs> have you started it? I have, and I've done a lot of research. And actually, it's an interesting kind of thing because it's set in the factory, which is the Andy Warhol kind of thing. And I've done so much research. I'm at the point where I feel like I could be, like, I get very into these kind of things. Like, and I enjoy doing research, but like, I can't get obsessive about it. Like, I've I've, I've spoke to some other people who've set historical kind of novels, and like. You know, you at a certain point you just have to be like, I have to cap it now, just you know, and just sit start. down and write. Yeah, yeah, because you'll just like someone like Andy Warhol, you could read, you know, so much about him, you know, and still probably know nothing. <laughs> and how do you feel then about the novel, having focused so much, as he said, on that short yeah. form, that this is different? It is different. It is, but I could feel myself, and I had other people kind of say this to me because they're quite long stories, and they've always been. I've always written like long, long form. Um, and like by the time I'm like the last story in the book is like 20,000 words and I could feel myself wanting and I could felt like I could make that longer. I could feel myself moving into a longer kind of form. And so you said you started. So is when will when will it be out? At 2021. Oh, OK. So you've, you've a little bit of time on it. <laughs> I have a little bit of time. Yeah. And where did the idea come from? So are you obsessed with Andy Warhol? No, 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 I'm not obsessed, although I could be now. I, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I like I said, I went to see his exhibition and. I was walking around and I was like, oh, I knew that, I knew that, I knew that. But um, I I was reading um, The Lonely City by Olivia Lang. And there's a section in that book where she's talking about um, this novel that Andy Warhol wrote called A, a novel. So he just kind of followed all kind of his superstars and his group around with a tape recorder for years. He always had this tape recorder and um, he recorded them and then he typed up everything they said and it became this novel which is like a very difficult um, kind of thing to read but um, he got four women to type it up and two kind of wellish known and then two were young girls like teenage girls so it's from their perspective Mm. of being in the factory like doing this kind of work I I write about work like a lot like and I feel like there's a lot about work in this book I don't know well no actually I do know like I feel like you know it's kind of for anyone in their 20s like and grown up and like left college when I did it's kind of like a big thing and it was constantly on my mind like when I left college you know there was just to find a job yeah because I I studied an arts I did an arts degree and you know like I felt like a lot of my group were unhappy and you know had to leave Dublin had to leave the country you know just to find work that you not even like necessarily enjoyed it's just been a big kind of question 
you know, like over the last few years and it's all been on my mind. You know? Have you resolved it? I don't know. I don't think I'll ever resolve it. Will this novel help? <laughs> it could help. It could help. Yeah, I'm very interested. In, like also, I'm very interested in like that kind of listening and like listening in on conversations. I think that's a... We all love that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a good good thing. Like as a writer, you're kind of always doing that, you know, so so a way to approach it differently. So. And I'm also intrigued because you also review books. I do review books. So, yeah. and ooh, <laughs> I was going to say, so now your book will be yeah. reviewed by others. So have you read any reviews yet? I have not read any reviews of my own book. And actually, I was reviewing a book recently. Um, I reviewed a book for The Guardian and I was typing it up and I was like, God, this kind of horrible feeling. I was like somewhere out there right now. Someone's <laughs> doing the exact same thing to my book. And it is kind of, then the other way, it's kind of, because I've done it myself now for like three years, like on and off. And it's kind of freeing because like if I get any criti- like criticism, which I'm sure I will, you know, I, I know that it's just someone reading a book. Like I know the process involved. So like I actually feel fine about it. Yeah, it is nerve wracking. though. It's a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I just I don't think I'll take it personally. Like sometimes your book is for some people. Absolutely. For... Take it as, as constructive yeah, criticism. Exactly. And have you had that scenario then when you have been re- reviewing a book and you haven't really liked it? I had there was one or two in my in my life that I have not well, liked. What happened? I gave one or two of them bad reviews, <laughs> which I regret. Not regret, but it's kind of a difficult thing. But you, know? you do have to be honest for the reader, though. Yeah, it is, and it's, I think it's becoming increasingly kind of complicated with like social media, like the idea of giving a bad review. Like I think in one in one respect, everyone loves like the pan. Like you know, you love to read a bad review. A bad review is more enjoyable than a good review. And I don't like I I I guess that just speaks to something like bad that's in all of us. Yeah. But like also, it's so difficult now on social media because everyone is so connected that like Mm -hmm. you can't. It's it's almost harder to speak your mind. And it's a shame because I really enjoy reading good book criticism. Like I I think that a book review is kind of a piece of art in itself if it's done well. So it's it's kind of hard to know where it's going to go. Like I, I read something recently online. Someone was giving out about being tagged in bad reviews or like people tweeting them being like this I think that's awful like you shouldn't tag an author and say this is a bad book but then like if you're someone kind of was arguing for like not giving any bad reviews and I, I just don't think that's useful like a writer is not going to grow if, if they don't re- read any criticism absolutely and yeah. as you say different people like different things yeah, exactly. it's very subjective yeah, like, yeah. like a lot of aspects and in terms of, of I suppose you know you're here you've got your debut book in yeah. your hand your debut novel is on the way so any advice for aspiring writers Oh, gosh. No one's ever asked me for advice before. Really? Yeah. Not even any of my friends. (laughs) They wouldn't trust me. I would have Um, thought loads would be asking you for advice. (laughs) Well, what what, what comes to the top of your head? Um, I would say, actually, my main advice would be um, what I would, I said there, rewriting. I think that's a very important thing. Um, Like, you know, do a couple of different drafts. Don't ever think like a first or a second draft is like good enough because even for an experienced writer it's, it's not good enough so go over it and also find someone which I was I've been very lucky with throughout my kind of writing career is find someone you really trust and admire to read your work because their feedback is kind of invaluable so. Great well Nicole Flattery thank you yeah. for joining us here on Inside Books and you'll find her book Show Them a Good Time on Bookshelves Now The next episode of Inside Books will be out soon just keep an eye on our Twitter feed for details the handle is at Inside Books IRE and if you want to hear other episodes just search for us on SoundCloud or iTunes I'm Brida Brown until next time keep reading 
Inside Books is a unique media production. 